welcome everybody to episode 57 of Popcast on the Rocks. Um, this is a show where we get off to delayed starts because of computer <laughs> problems and talk about pop culture things and Real Housewives and alcohol and all the fun stuff that we're interested in. My name is John. I'm joined by Andrea. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I also had a frozen screen, so... You know, to to me, like this was totally fine, and then uh, I realized, yeah, hey, we're live, but that's <laughs> that's the fun part, you know. That's totally technology. the fun part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, improv it, quick on your feet, John. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just what you like. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, improv is fun, I guess. You're into improv for sure. Ah, uh, I mean, kind of. I. uh I mean, I mean, acting and improv are a little different. Uh, improv was always kind of starting out when I was acting, like my one big fear that mm-hmm. I wasn't going to think of anything like really funny or, or cool to do. But then I realized like the more you think about it, the less funny and cool you are. You just have to like do something. Right. And sometimes it just is the best. So yeah, that's why it's um, improv, but you've it's done... also scary. <laughs> Like, didn't you do a improv with Maggie or something? I did. So, well, I did. Uh, I did a little improv with Maggie, and then I also did a show last year. It was my first time back on the stage, boy, in like five years or so, uh, oh. because of because of grad school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did a show where it's you're you're in a scene paired with another actor, and one person has lines that they've memorized. And the other person does not. And so you have to say the lines that you've memorized and the other person has to has to just react to them. And even if it doesn't make sense, you say your next line in response back at them. Mm. So I had I was the actor who had lines memorized and I had like a whole scene clearly that was about me in a cafe like being a waiter and like serving a customer, but then like having a temper tantrum because I was having a bad night and she had no idea. So she went on this whole thing where she thought we were roommates (laughs) and uh, (laughs) she couldn't understand why I was so obsessed with food and like giving her food. And it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty classic. So it was a lot of fun. fun. Yeah, it was it was good. It was fun to exercise the old acting muscle. But yeah, I uh, I can't imagine being on the opposite half of that spectrum and like just reacting to somebody's planned lines. So Mm -hmm. but again, that's the fun or, you know, not if if that's not your thing, if that's the worst thing in the world, then uh, Yeah. yeah, that would be the worst. Well, for me, it's I mean, it's it's very different obviously, and it's not in front of people and it's not, it's not really acting, but I always get this thing where I feel, I put this pressure on myself to win. I'm playing D and D. My players are always, they're always like, they're waiting to know what is happening or what the result of something is. And you have to like blend that thing with like, Oh, predictable. Okay. But then you do something you think is unique or cool or come up with whatever. And it's like, how's your response? Like, is it, was it cool enough? Are you into that? You know? (laughs) Yeah. That's, Um, that's, I mean, that's very improv. Like, you know, you come up with something and you like, you're like, Oh, 
what if the audience thinks that's so great, you know, and sometimes mm-hmm. it totally lands and then other times it totally bombs and you're like, okay, well, register that for the future. Like that, that yeah. didn't work out at all. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. I mean, smaller stakes, but yep. same concept. I played with the one group uh, this weekend and one of the players was um, sick and tired of his God. And I didn't see this coming. He wanted to like part ways with this religion, but he kind of like had made a deal, you know, it was kind of like making a deal yeah. with the devil. And so you just want to like back out of it now. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, that's not going to just work. So <laughs> I didn't see this coming at all. And so we, we had to play this out and how he was going to do that. And, mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was very cool. Uh, like I saw, I saw it in my head what could work here and what ha- could happen. Sure. And uh, I, I hope they, they thought it was cool too. So, but yeah, those are the best, those are the best moments. Mm-hmm. Like not when something goes exactly as planned, but when a player does something unexpected and right. then something really cool comes out of that that you get to make up, so. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll have to throw a poll out there sometime to like check in on your your D&D prowess and, and see what your group thinks, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they, they give me, give me anonymous feedback. It'd be like, one right. of, I am one of your D&D players. You don't know which one. Um, <laughs> your, your campaigns blow. <laughs> you should give out those. Uh, oh God. This is fresh in my mind from grad school, but those like end of semester, like anonymous surveys where, mm-hmm. Like you had to like rate, like how much did you learn? And, you know, how much did your teacher, you know, do more than you expected or the class was harder than you expected? You know, any comments Mm -hmm. for your teacher or whatever. We should have one of those go out, should mail one out like a little bubble form and (laughs) little essay portions. They can give you free flowing Mm -hmm. feedback. (laughs) Yeah. The, uh, yeah, it, it is. It is always a thing I try to do is set expectations for people because like with the one group, if they're not used to playing or something or with a DM, yeah. different DM or whatever, I had one guy, I think, getting kind of frustrated because he always just thought he would just roll for something and get the answer. Like I just, oh, I rolled well, so I just will be provided oh, the see. answer. Like I just, I it works now, right? Sure. It's like I, I told him you can't. Your character can't know what your character can't know. <laughs> like you, your role can be as good as whatever. And it's not like a mm-hmm. magical thing now. You just like are omnipotent right. now, you know? Right. So. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, it's very lifelike. I mean, you don't just like do well and have all the answers and become omniscient in life. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, I did, uh, I did D and D this week um yep um my sister brother-in-law we were talking to them about D, and i'm like they were interested in playing i guess i just don't know if i can take on another i definitely can't build another world right now i can't focus on that so i don't know might be something shorter um i've done some other stuff this week but how about you have you anything anything cool any fun um, other than my usual keeping a human alive, mm-hmm. um, another check and, mark. 
Yep, that's right. Another week down. Uh, another week along. Um, and she went to the doctor and got a good little report card. So oh. winning. Winning as a yeah. mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, um, kind of, you know, I, I was talking to you before the show saying, like, there's, uh, you know, I've I've been the past few weeks just binging like crazy. I think I'm through season six or seven already of Real Housewives of New York on Hulu because it's great, like, background noise type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but there's only so much Real House- Housewives that one can take. So I started a few new things this week just to, like, have a little variety in there. Um, so I started the anime Clanad, which I have heard about for a long, long time. I know is like one of the classics. Um, and finally just decided like, what the heck I'll dip my toe in there after finishing one punch man, um, which is a mental shift for sure in anime, like content. Mm -hmm. Um, but still, but still good so far. So I'm just like an episode, an episode, maybe not half in, but you know, intrigued thus far. Yeah. Um, and then during my nice like 3 a.m. wake ups and feed the babies, I've got uh, you know some time on my hands. So I usually have my phone with me, and I'm a big fan of the Webtoon app, um, which uh, if anybody hasn't checked it out, I highly, highly recommend. Just like thousands of beautiful, gorgeous, you know, graphically illustrated web um, on the web tunes, <laughs> hence the name comics. Yeah, um, but it's it's absolutely a fantastic app and some really great artists out there who, who can also tell really great stories or, um, you know, have really great cl- collaborations. Um, but two new ones that I started this week are Unholy Blood, which is um, a story about the last pureblood vampire on Earth mm. um, and who is kind of battling both half-breed vampires who want to kill her and eat her heart uh, to become more powerful because she's, like, the most powerful vampire out there. Uh, But then also has to... Logic. I mean, you know, creates a problem, obviously, for our our protagonist to deal with. Um, And then she also has to contend with a human public who is just learning that vampires exist because of the unruly behavior of some half-breed vampires. Um, Mm. So she also has to take care not to reveal herself. Um, But uh, she ends up getting paired with, like, a police lieutenant um, who helps her, and she's trying to hunt down, like, the the most evil group of half-breed vampires who are trying to kill her as well. So it's a a cool story. I really like it. Um, It's a good horror little bit gore comic um but like i said absolutely beautifully drawn and a good compelling storyline um and then kind of along the same like supernatural vein i started this uh comic called the wolfman of wolvershire and it's set a little bit back i would say probably like 17th or 18th century um and uh is in the kingdom of Wolvershire, they're trying to figure out um, a rash of murders have happened, mostly of young women, and they're trying to figure out um, who's 
the culprit and that this area also has like a local legend about the wolf man. So they're kind of like this mystical supernatural, like, Oh, there's a werewolf out there and he's, you know, the killer maybe. Um, but also like kind of a fun side note, the main character in that comic, um, is named Everett, which is also obviously the name of our daughter. Um, wow. That's, yeah, yeah, coincidental. Yeah, it's it's actually really funny. But um, so I said the main character, but I meant to say the main villain is oh. Everett. <laughs> oh. Um, so this it's kind of Uh-oh. funny. Every time I read it, I'm like, oh shoot! But also, like, <laughs> that's pretty awesome because I've never read anything where yeah. you know that has a character Everett, named Everett. You evil Everett. son of a bitch! Why do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That's kind of that's kind of how my week is going. Hmm. How about yourself? So, what what well, other than D and D? Well, I have one question, quick. The the oh, unholy yeah. blood one is, is the um. So the lieutenant doesn't know that their partner is a vampire. We or we they don't, do know. They do. We don't find as the audience don't find that out for a while, and mm. then eventually we do find out that he does know, and there's another like secret reason why he. Mm is very aware of vampire activity. So I don't want to give it away yeah. because I, yeah. I, I highly, highly recommend reading it. It's really good. Cool. Um, but nice. yes, he, he does know that he's paired with a vampire and he's like trying to help her, um, you know, rid humankind of the troublesome vampires. Like she's okay, but uh, cause she's not like a, a killer, but the rest of them are pretty nasty. Um, particularly yes. nasty ones called Angels of Death. Sounds like a biker gang. Yeah, it does. It does. It's very like Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. With vampires. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. I, I really like it. Nice. Yeah, it sounds cool. I downloaded that app at Phil's suggestion before. Mm, I yeah. just haven't dug into it. Um, and Ashley hasn't de- either because I... We were talking about how she'd really like that one, uh, like kind of romantic comedy based on Greek mythology. Oh, sort yeah, of one. yeah, yeah. Um, oh my gosh, I can't think of the name of it right now. Uh, oh, uh, Laura Olympus. Mm, yeah. Yes. So maybe sometime. Yeah, so here's the. Uh, whoop, nope, this way. Here's the kind of. Okay. Well, from what I can tell, blood. it looks kind of cool. Like the art's consistent throughout the show or the the series, and pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I would. I again would highly recommend. Oh, and a new episode's up today. Check it Boom. out. Boom. Well, I know what I'm doing after the show. <laughs> <laughs> or if I go on a rant during the show. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you just see me kind of like sidling down and yeah. give, a, give a nod and a uh huh once in a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, um, so yeah, I didn't read any webtoons. I have been reading some, some more Justice League. Um, it's been good. Finished, I think the first four volumes of Justice League Dark. Mm. Um, so I've been very happy with that. I'm kind of just taking the break from that from now and just reading regular Justice League from the nineties. Um, so that's fun. Superman has a mullet. Good stuff. (laughs) Uh, Mullets are back, I guess. So, you know, 
Oh, good. they are. Well, thank goodness, because my baby has a mullet, so you know, okay. I'll just tell well, her she's fashion forward. Yeah. <laughs> For now, I suppose you just want to let whatever's going to grow grow, right? I mean, yeah. just let it grow and see yeah. what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hilarious because uh, not not to derail us too much with with a baby story, but uh, um, so her name Everett is obviously like an older name. And uh, a lot of people think of like an older man when they think of Everett. Um, and she really looks like one right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, wrinkly and stuff. She's, yeah, because she's like wrinkly. She's got like a scrunched up, like, you know, grumpy face. Because, you know, babies can't really control their faces. Um, so she's kind of got like a grumpy look on her face. And she's got the mullet in the back. And then like like kind of a back hairline so it looks like it's a receding hairline oh my god it's so funny you should give her like a little kind of yoda walking stick you know oh my, oh my god have. i should i should <laughs> i will i will do that and set up a photo session and show a picture yeah. because seriously <laughs> yep sounds good to me <laughs> it's just um, great uh great fodder for when she's a teenager and has her first boyfriend and I could be like, look at her baby photos. She's look an old her. man. It's uh Benjamin Button here. That's right. That's right. I'll I'll weave a whole story. By the time her date leaves, he'll be so confused. <laughs> yep. Um I'm trying to think of a of a baby transition here. Um, <laughs> I uh I don't know. I I watched um a really under i still think it's one of the most underrated comedies i mean just that i've seen obviously there's tons out there that i haven't seen but mythic quest on apple tv plus yes. i think it's so funny and they just they've re been releasing they released last year i think a special and now they did one more before early may now is going to be season two okay and so i watched this uh second special and it was so good like it just i if you're the right kind of nerdy, I guess it just hits the right notes often. Sure. And, um, they have an opening that they got, um, Anthony Hopkins to record the voiceover <laughs> and, uh, it's just, it's a really good time. So I was, I'm feeling good going into season two shortly um, with this special. So what was the uh, focus of the special? So it was like their first day back in the office and they were having okay. a big party then um, that they normally do annually. But it's like it was a bigger deal this time. And it's like celebrates the uh, end of a crappy year. And they did um, yeah. they did LARPing uh, and it was great. It Excellent. Was great, great. Excellent. So, yeah. I'll have to catch that. Um, it was my sister's birthday. Um, Happy birthday, so, Val. Yeah, so we uh, had some cake, and um, I made some more bread. Made my second loaf of sourdough. I I <laughs> refused to quit because of mass appeal or whatever. You know, I'm not gonna be that person. So whatever. That's right. Um, so this Fight one turned out better. Fight the power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. You're a re you're a rebel by conforming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's isn't that the truth? Yes. Yep. Um I started I just tried the game uh Fantasian by the Final Fantasy creator uh oh, okay. Apple Arcade. It was 
good. I, I can't see, I just can't see myself when I have so many other like higher, I don't know, more impressive things, I guess, to play mm -hmm. that I will keep playing it, but it is well done. It feels like a classic Final Fantasy game. Um, yeah, that's about it. I watched the Dallas, Real Hustles the Dallas finale last night. Um, I was I was thinking that could have been your baby transition. Were were any women acting like babies? Oh uh, yeah, that would have been good. Um, <laughs> not too much in the finale. Okay. Though there is some news that one of them finds out that they're pregnant. So. Oh well, that's a yeah, that's a pretty direct. That would have been a good connection. Yeah, would have been a good transition. Uh, I hope it's a younger housewife. I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't, I don't know how old she is. I don't know too much about Dallas. I know a few names if you tossed them out there, but. Yeah, their average age is definitely younger than like Orange Beverly County Hills. And yeah, right. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Uh, that's funny. I was just thinking of that because I, I sort of like breezed through a few key episodes of, of last season's Beverly Hills since that will be starting up, I think, May mid-may sometime may 19th okay or something like that and i forgot that like last season you know teddy was pregnant um mm, yeah which she's really the only housewife that could be because everybody else is like 50 plus so yeah yeah was, um well i mean maybe Dorit. maybe Eric, oh yeah dorit is younger that's right she's still in her 40s she, though, she must be in her 40s yeah. yeah yeah but yeah other than that i was just thinking about like the average ages or like for roni average age there is uh they're trying high. to get young blood they, some of these they keep trying to get young blood in there and then they yes. leave they can't take it they can't <laughs> take these old bags i know yelling at them and I, I i tell ashley all the time i could not keep up with the partying that these ladies do they Man, they must have access to like some sort of like miracle wonder drug something. They're not or... showing the IVs. Exactly. Yeah. That's just what I was going to say. Like IVs, like fluid IVs just all night long the minute they're done partying because dang. Yeah, I yeah. I, I mean, I, do it. I like to party, but wow. I mean, you must just like get used to it. You know? I suppose, yeah. I mean, it's like an alcoholic. How can you drink so much? But then you just get used to it. And you're just, That's oh, right. Alcoholic, that, so. Yeah, that becomes your new norm. Yeah. yeah we, we really have to go through some intense uh, training, I think, to keep yeah, up. Yeah, okay. On Let's that go, show. Andrea. This summer, we'll <laughs> train intensely. For, That's right. Yeah. What and are you doing? You're drinking all the time. I'm training intensely. Leave me alone. I know. <laughs> I, know, I was just going to say, like, Telling anybody that you're going to be in training, you know, this yeah. summer sounds so like healthy. And then when yeah. you find out what we're really doing, uh, not so training much. my liver. Gosh, <laughs> I am training my liver. Apparently, I'm getting a jump start right now. John. Yep. All right, so there we go. Intensity, John. Perfect, perfect transition. Drinks, drink holiday. What you got? What we got happening for holidays? Yeah, the second uh, half of April is quiet. There, are, there is apparently nothing to celebrate in the drinking world uh, in the second half of April. So, for shame. I know for shame. Get it together, April. Um, so yeah, so I'm just going with a classic, like a little bit of wine Wednesday. Um, it's a newer wine that we're that we're trying. Um, 
And I bought it because it was from the area of Spain that Chris' student taught in. Oh, so I just thought nice. that was like a little bit of a fun side yeah. note. So uh, it's a good uh, Pinot Noir. So okay. Cheers. Right. What yeah. have you got for oh, us? Dude. Um, I have a beer. Mm-hmm. This is from uh, Pipeworks Brewing, and it's called Ninja versus Unicorn. <laughs> that sounds yep. fantastic. Ninja versus Unicorn it? Double IPA. Um, oh yeah, show people, us the can. Yeah, and for people that want to know, this is um, from Chicago. Okay. So let's see if we can get it to focus. Yes. So Ninja, bam! But look at who's fighting the unicorn <laughs> so for our, our video Excellent. viewers does yes. that unicorn have his like ninja blade in his teeth um no he's using his he's oh yeah he he has one of the uh, swords in his mouth and then he's excellent. blocking the other sword with his horn excellent that that's excellent artwork right there mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Who do you so, think yeah. would win, John? Ninja or unicorn? Well, versus a n- normal ninja, I mean, mm-hmm. you in films, ninjas are they're usually like the fodder, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, so a unicorn is a mythical beast. So unless this is a leader of the ninja of a ninja clan or something like that, oh. I'm gonna have to give it to the unicorn. Nice, nice. I mean, that was. That was kind of my thought too, although I was thinking about um, I'm reading because I'm super cool. I'm reading Harry Potter to little Everett um, mm. as part of her bedtime routine. And I was thinking about like the unicorns that keep dying in the Forbidden Forest, and apparently, like those unicorns have no self defense. Yeah, because they're they're just going down in droves. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it makes some more. Um you know, it makes it more egregious to kill them. Yes. I'm sure is the idea. Like, how dare you? This is a magical, beautiful, ethereal creature with silver blood. And, and yeah, it's relatively helpless. So, but I like the idea of a powerful unicorn that shoots rays from its horn and like skewers its enemies, you know, pierces uh, their flesh. Yeah. If you're, if you're into that kind of unicorn, you should definitely check out on the opposite end of the spectrum on the opposite end of the wizard spectrum, uh, the Dresden Files. Mm. They, uh, there's a book where our main character, uh, Harry Dresden, goes to um, the Never Never, which is the fairyland in this you know world that that the authors created, and has to fight a murderous badass unicorn, and it's nice. it's pretty epic. Like the unicorn definitely just wipes the floor with him. So maybe I should put that in my campaign. Someone thinks they're going to ride this unicorn or something, you know, they're going to, they're going to hunt it and, you know, make a weapon out of the horn or something. And it yeah. just like total party kill. You, TPK. They you really should. I could send you the description. I could send you the description <laughs> of the battle. It's, it's pretty boss. Like it's amazing. <laughs> so just saying mm-hmm. two, two yeah. opposite portrayals of unicorns and two, rather opposite wizarding novels. 
I can visualize, I think, what I would want to do. Like someone sees a majestic unicorn and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like its its eyes turn red and the head lowers as its like body grows and it stands on two legs and then its muscles like bulge out everywhere. So he's now <laughs> standing kind of like a minotaur. Yeah. And he, like exhausts a giant plume of steam from his nostrils as he like just pounds the ground and the earth cracks beneath everyone. And you're in trouble now. Like the sky splits apart and lightning strikes. And I don't know. I, we can make, I dig we can it. Make it. I dig it. What happens next? <laughs> yeah, we're going to mess them up with this unicorn. <laughs> so. All right. Well, All right. you know, now you have less work to do this week because we basically just like wrote part of your D&D campaign. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Look at beer cans. That's right. Yeah inspiration in the unlikeliest places mm-hmm. you know and and it's part of your training john see yep look at us multitask yep perfect <laughs> um so yeah like you like you noted here in uh the rundown that uh cinco de mayo is next mm-hmm. um so i am looking yeah. forward to that mightily we have still some terramana tequila um nice so we will be celebrating in proper fashion, especially in my book, obviously. Terramana, huh? Yep, the rocks tequila. Oh yeah. Okay. I didn't remember <laughs> if you say said you got that or not. I remember you yeah. talking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So where did you find I, it? Uh, Chris found it, and he found it at Total Wine. Um, but yeah, it was it was very heartbreaking for me. It had just come out right as I learned that I was pregnant. And I was, I was so excited. I was like going to go to the store. Actually, I think the same weekend I found out I was pregnant um, and was going to go get a bottle of Terramana because it was finally available in Minnesota. And then, yeah, <laughs> not, not so much for me. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll be celebrating Cinco de Mayo as well. We're looking for, looking for a different tequila to pick up and, um, it's our dog. That's Dobby's birthday. Dobby. It's Cinco de Mayo. Mayo. He's, he's half a Mexican pup, too. So Very true. Very true. Yeah. So we're going to... Ashley's going to make him a Mexican. cake that we can that we, we can eat as well. It's a human pet cake. Okay. And uh, drink tequila. And I might what be in the, the field, so I might not have much tequila. But What would she make for a human and dog cake? Yeah, they there's recipes for them. I don't know what she, I'm sure she found it on Pinterest or something. Okay. But yeah, it's a cake that's probably just kind of plain and a lot less sugar, you know. Okay, sure. But uh, yeah, we've oh. made him one. We've made him cupcakes before. Sure. For him, but we didn't eat them. But yeah, I was gonna say I've made separate things. <laughs> yeah. So we'll let you know if it's any good. Yeah, I was gonna say if it's good, send me the recipe. Obviously, mm-hmm. if not, don't bother. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so we have news. We have a little bit yeah. of news. Not much news uh, before we get to the finale of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. That would be mm-hmm. episode six. Um, to kick things off, I was curious because I had completely forgotten it was happening if you watched the Oscars this year. <laughs> I know that's a bit of a tradition for you. It is. It is. And sadly... This year, tradition was broken. Wow. It's yeah. your fault the ratings were terrible. I know. It's all me. <laughs> I, I am the mightiest viewer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, no, I mean, I felt like it kind of came out of nowhere this year. You know, I wasn't ready for it. They didn't really advertise a whole lot. Um, I mean, I I did see, like, the day of, I saw, like, a few red carpet countdowns. Um, But it just didn't really register in my brain that it was the Oscars and it was happening. So I I sadly did not watch it. Um, I do miss the glory days a little. I mean, and I don't know what would be considered, but just, like, I felt like there was a little more surprise and I was into some of the shows that broke down the fashion beforehand. Yes. I just feel like we started this podcast at the like end of that, basically. Like it was, yeah. you know. Well, and I mean, unfortunately, like with many other things, you know, COVID has played an impact in, you know, kind of one of our favorite parts, which is, you know, the red carpet and checking mm-hmm. out the fashions and, you know, kind of seeing the the parade of stars because that was, of course, much less this year. Um, so yeah, so unfortunately, we're we're kind of like getting the short shaft on that piece of it. Um, but I did, you know, like I said, I I did watch what little red carpet there was, and still still had thoughts about you know what people were wearing. Um, what seemed to be like kind of the the couple of trends that I noted. Sure. Um, cutouts mainly were were kind of okay. the huge thing. Cutout dresses. Um, and then I was a little disappointed, I have to say, with with uh, people's glam. Uh, to borrow mm. a housewife term, um, there was a lot of just like straight hair. You know, just like mm. we didn't do anything to it. Makeup looked beautiful. But, you know, sure. we didn't really do anything fun or creative with our hairstyles or anything like that. So I was a little disappointed, but. No mullets? Yeah. No mullets. God. Not as not as fashion Missing forward as, no. uh, as my kid over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, yeah. I did not. I did not watch the Oscars, but I really in looking at um, the movies that were nominated, I was and was not surprised at how short um and small the pool was you know it felt like the same six seven eight movies were nominated for a bunch of different things and there really wasn't any there really wasn't any variety but but also when i think about how few movies got made yeah i mean i get it yeah i always feel like a lot of movies just they just fly under the radar I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's really going to be interesting to see what what happens to the movie industry in the next five or ten years. You know, what's, yeah. what's it going to look like? Yeah, because streaming services really cleaned up. Um, I mean, I know obviously we really didn't have a whole lot of uh, theater opportunities for movies, but you know, even streaming services produced movies right. uh, really did well. Um, I, I had read a headline somewhere that Mank, that we had watched, won two Oscars. And so I had to go find out what those were because I was like, I'm not really sure that that this sure. film deserved any Oscars. Um, but it was for cinematography and uh, production design. And I was and I was okay with it winning for sure. those kinds of things because I, mm-hmm. I did enjoy um the world of that movie, even if I didn't think overall it was a great one. Right. Yeah, I should have looked at the the list here. Um, but um, 
yeah, I just, I heard about it coming and I just didn't, uh, I guess I didn't care that much. Um, the, the big movie that everybody's talking about now seems mm-hmm. to be Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Have you watched that? I haven't, no. Yeah, I, I should try it sometime, I suppose. Uh, it sounds like it's supposed to be just good fun. Yeah. Certainly not <clears throat> not an Oscar contender type of movie. Maybe for stunts or, you know, something like that. Yeah, I mean, not not any sort of acting awards, obviously. Don't you judge <laughs> you it? Know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, I hear it's supposed gonna, to be kind of campy eat, and like. I'm gonna eat my point. words next year, yeah. next next year's Oscars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nah, I I think I'm okay. Um, one one thing I did actually that that I learned about the Oscars that I did want to briefly mention. Um, was that Chadwick Boseman um, did not win. He was upset uh, for Best Actor. Mm. Um, Anthony Hopkins beat him out. Um, I think Anthony Hopkins won for The Father, and uh, Chadwick Boseman was was, Mm. uh, nominated for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, But I know that was a big upset for everyone because everyone was kind of expecting him to win. And it made me sort of think about, like, the idea of a posthumous Oscar and the way that like, if you're nominated and you know, the actor has died, everybody sort of like automatically assumes that you're going to be winning. Right. Which, which is very strange to me. I mean, I know um, there's been plenty of precedent set for that because a lot of people feel like, you know, there's a, there's a weight attached to an actor's final performance. There's like an extra, you know, feeling yeah. of greatness or it's something like, like we that. put on it, though. But yeah, that's just what I was thinking. That's sort of like an external judgment that we make. Yeah. Um, you know, there there are a few performances. Like, I truly do believe Heath Ledger deserved to win for his Joker, um, especially in the field. I think he was nominated in that year. I didn't think there was a better acting performance. But I certainly, for myself, if somebody who was living had done better... I certainly wouldn't think like, boy, Heath Ledger just deserves it because he passed right. away, which is yep. a delicate thing to say. But well, it's just it's, it's just the truth. It's it's not the way. I mean, you can have a a segment of you know um, in honor of kind of thing. Right. You know, you can still honor the person's life and whatever. But right, it doesn't it doesn't, uh, it doesn't diminish I mean, their life to say like in this particular instance their performance wasn't the best of all the performances. Yeah. But I think people do tend to sort of feel injured, you know, or feel hurt in some way if like the the deceased actor doesn't win. You know, and I I I am I really don't like pandering, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I would like to think that if I was in said situation and I was aware that I was winning then winning this award, like you don't want to be given something you don't deserve. Exactly. You don't, you don't like think that you honestly won, you know, mm-hmm. um, or at least good people don't think that. So, uh, yeah, it just, uh, yeah, like the Oscars already doesn't have a great, um, like reputation for like doing something unexpected, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. like for going or... outside of, you know, like, uh, what they, what people kind of, 
figure out is what they're interested in or something, you know, with the right. way that they're going to, they're going to look at things. Um, so yeah, to do something where you're just going to like this, that helps a little bit with credibility potentially to not give into that sort of pandering. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, um, I haven't seen, uh, the father, so I, d I don't know, you know, about Anthony mm -hmm. Hopkins' performance, um, but now I'm now I'm very interested to go see it because I think had they done what was quote unquote expected and given the, the Oscar to Chadwick Boseman, like I wouldn't really be interested. There'd be no reason for me to go check out the father. Uh, but now right. now that that's happened, it, it does like make me think I should check it out. So one thing I did hear about uh, there was mm. a the international. Uh, feature film winner was uh, called Another Round, um, mm, Danish okay. film starring Mads Mikkelsen. And supposedly they're working on like casting Leo or something, Leonardo DiCaprio as the lead and making the film here. It's like, it's one of the, it just, yeah. someone said it, someone else said it, and I agree. Like, just watch this film. <laughs> like, yeah, I just agree. just happened. It just won the award. You can't read the words or something. Yeah. Um, I I just I don't like that stuff either. So I I agree with you. That actually immediately makes me think of um, Broadchurch, like that. Yes. Where they like did an American version of Broadchurch, and I was like, that's not it's not even in another language. It's still English. Yeah. Like I don't know why we needed to move this to. America recast and like have the exact same, you yes. know, like just don't do that. Just watch the original oh, thing. Americans won't understand the English accent or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I just think that it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't like the laziness of it. And it, it's not like back in the day when you had four channels. And so some, you know, your exposure is not of the same level it can be today. Right. Like anyone can go and watch foreign films. Right. You know, they're exactly. they're accessible now. Exactly. Um, so you don't have an excuse. Yeah, I agree. That's that's laziness to the extreme in Hollywood, and I would not support that. Mm -hmm. Um other bit of like movie news, I guess. Uh, I saw mm -hmm. I suppose they're too late for the to be nominated, but the um the movie of demon slayer demon slayer movie yeah. uh, is doing very well yeah uh, i think best uh, the, has done the best for an anime movie in, in america and yeah i'm excited i need to really need to finish that season so i can watch this film so um okay anything else on the oscars uh nothing here i may okay. uh i may go watch like a few clips here and there um, but yeah, it's kind of, kind of sad to have this year pass almost completely without, you know, fanfare for the Oscars. Um, I do, uh, I do kind of miss that like award season, like, you know, every weekend we're getting like a new red carpet and it's all, you know, just like kind of all the fun and getting wrapped up in award season. So I kind of miss that this year. Do you think that, do you think we've just movies are just not the entertainment thing anymore. Like they're just, I mean, it used to be like, Oh, America's pastime is baseball. All right. Well then clearly sure. that became not the thing, 
But then, like, the entertainment thing of America was film. Going to the movies. Yeah. Is that just, like, we've just moved on now to something else or just not? Um, I mean, I think, I think television is probably enjoying an unprecedented renaissance right now. Um, and there are memes all over the internet that will tell you, you know, oh, like, people prefer to, to watch, like, a, a 10-hour you know, season of, of a show rather than like, Oh, a two hour movie. I just can't yeah. commit to that. Like, uh. mm-hmm. um, but no, I don't, I don't think that they are over. And I think it'll be especially interesting to see how much, um, you know, theaters might enjoy a rebound once everything kind of fully opens up, you know, I mean, I know some yeah. theaters are open, um, but at limited capacities or limited times, there aren't a lot of movies for them to show, really. You know, because people, because uh, um, production companies keep delaying, you know, openings and releases and things like that. Um, so I think this summer is really going to be a litmus test for our movies over or not, because mm-hmm. now we do have a few blockbusters and big tentpole movies coming out. Um, theater, like I said, theaters are reopening. So we'll see if, you know, people kind of flock back and are excited to, you know, get out and go to the movies again because it is mm-hmm. kind of a treat that we haven't been able to do. So we'll see. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. People mm-hmm. people are very adaptable and easily get stuck in their ways. Yeah. You know, so like, I mean, those sound contradictory, I guess, um, but like you, you can... You can adapt to your environment, and then um, you get, but you're you're okay getting comfortable, you know. Yeah. Like so, my so the question is, like, our good friend Tara, she, uh, I did not think that she would be the one to buy a Nintendo Switch. Um, she hasn't played video games in years, and then she did, and has been playing that and doing needlework and stuff because she can't go to concerts, so. Sure. If will she is she happy with that now? I think she'll go to concerts, but will <laughs> she give other stuff up? You know, in exchange, yeah. how was and or but what's the breakdown going to be? You know, are a lot of people going to be like, man, right. you know, I'm happy playing my my Switch and doing this now, and that's kind of what I'm going to do. Or I I'm just interested interested to see. I have just nothing but conjecture. Yeah, yeah, it's uh yeah, it's interesting to think about, you know, whether people who've been forced to adapt, you know, to find a new source of entertainment, whether they like it enough and they're like, "Oh man, I didn't know what I'm missing." Like, you know, now I just need my Netflix account and I need nothing else. Um or is it like, "No, they're just going to snap right back and and go and be like, "Oh, thank God the movies are back." You know, right. I I missed yeah. all of that. So. Yep. Yeah, like I said, this summer I think is going to be a big litmus test for you know what are people going to do sure all right um in uh i mentioned nintendo switch i don't really have any nintendo switch news other than uh pokemon snap is coming out shortly and there was mm-hmm. a new animal crossing update um and a new mario party update so i guess that is nintendo news but i didn't write any of that down because it's <laughs> kind of brief i guess um but tomorrow, um, if you're watching this live, Thursday, the mm-hmm. uh, 29th, 
um, at four o'clock central time, I believe, is a PlayStation State of Play event mm -hmm. has been announced. Um, I'm excited for this, though I am leery because <laughs> I noted that if they show me Returnal and Ratchet and Clank again, I'm just, oh my God, quit it. But I think they already did say they're going to be showing some more Ratchet. So I'm okay, preparing so you myself. Okay, you were warned. <laughs> I know. I'm preparing myself now that there's going to be more Ratchet. Do Does anyone need to be convinced yet? Like, if you've God, seen the first gameplay, you've seen the second gameplay, you've seen a trailer. They just released another trailer um, a couple days ago. Like, we know what Ratchet and Clank is. <laughs> if anyone else you want to sell this to isn't going to be watching the state of play. They're going to be right. the you're going to need to advertise to them on television and YouTube or something, you know. Right. That's how you're going to get other people. You don't need to break this down more. We know it looks cool, looks next gen, it's a fun shooting multi, you know, a platformer kind of game. Please, Sony. Please. <laughs> Enough. Just, yeah. And Returnal, I know they'll mention because it comes out the next day. Well, so yeah, then I'll, you Yeah. You kind of have to expect that then. Yes. But don't give but us you don't 20 need, minutes. You, and it's I was going to say, you don't need like a games. detailed breakdown kind of yeah. thing. I don't know. I don't know. But either way, I'm, I'm excited. And I just think that, I think that they're, again, don't have anything really to say and are just trying to say something to be in the news and have some goodwill. I think they would rather just wait till e around E3 and do an event. And I guess I'd be okay with that at this point. Like, if you don't have anything to show me, just don't. Don't have an event. We've talked about this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so are you going to be able to watch it live? I will. I mean, you know, depending on my small human, but obviously I don't have work right now. So I am... Uh... I am at times weirdly completely open and free and then at other times like completely tied to uh, yeah. keeping a small human alive. So yep. I, I plan on watching it. It's not uh, around any of the times that she needs to be fed. So fingers crossed. Okay. I'm thinking I'll be listening to it in the track. Sure. Oh, I was going to say, are you going to be out in the field? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So we'll see. Um Sometimes it doesn't work out so well just listening to something we need to see, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then related the last bit, obviously I had mentioned Returnal. Uh, it does come out Friday the 30th. Yeah. Um, I am excited. Uh, kind of funny games. I saw their thumbnail described as Hades meets Control meets Metroid. <laughs> and that's like, that sounds exactly like what I want. Excellent. Um, yeah. So you're I sold. I am I am sold. I think this game, when it first showed, I was like, oh, it looks kind of cool and stuff. And then it didn't impress me. I saw, did see some stuff more recently. The really cool monsters, some really cool looking effects. I am very excited. I just also heard that it's very difficult. It's a very difficult game. Oh, okay. And I don't like very difficult games because <laughs> I want to have fun with games. I don't sure. want to pull my hair out. Yeah. Um, so it's reasonable. Yeah, I mean, there's that's a probably, that's probably Yeah, I was gonna say that's probably the mindset of like your average gamer, not like your hardcore, like you know. Yeah. Everything the, needs to be difficult, kind of thing. But yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, nope. you don't want to, like, play something that seems never-ending and frustrating and you can't get past. Yeah. I mean, it's... A, it, yeah, it, games need to make you feel like you're... You, know, you need to be able to do something and, like, level and progress. And then I like when... I like when the ceiling is high. Right. You know? And so you can... You can play a game. You can be having fun. If you want the extra challenge, if you're really into it, if you're ready to get good and put the hours in, you can. You mm -hmm. know, I I I really appreciate that. Like new game plus modes, you know, extra hard difficulties or whatever, like modifiers, addition. You know, yes, but the yeah. core game itself, at its, you know, I don't want to be slapped down immediately. You know, um, mm -hmm. so we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> I'm waiting for the re review embargo. I thought maybe it'd be today because they let some people play the first yeah. however much of it early a few days ago. So I thought the em review embargo would be up and I would know what people are thinking. But Well, it might coincide to with tomorrow with their state of play. I hope so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's that. I'm waiting because Alan's typing something. I wonder if it's something relevant before I move on. <laughs> Looks like Dead Space, Dead uh, Space. a little, okay. yeah. I mean, obviously, completely different game type, but visually, it looks like there's a lot of influences, and there are a lot of influences I really dig. So, um, psychological horror, yes, yes. I so, yeah, we'll see. Might be the first PlayStation Five exclusive game that I pick up and and play. So, um. Other than other than the bundle in Astrobot, <laughs> so that's the news. That's our week. Um, yeah. We've got a show to get to, and it's one episode this time. We did yes. two last week, so if you are behind on our coverage of Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, you should go back and check out the previous episodes. See if you agree or disagree with our thoughts, and mm -hmm. um, and then come back to this point. Otherwise, spoilers, spoilers ahead um, for Falcon and Winter Soldier Episode 6, the finale. Mm -hmm. um, that's another Marvel Disney Plus show down. What'd you think? Of the show or of the finale? Well, I mean, I suppose we should talk the, uh, the finale episode first. Well, unfortunately, I feel like I can say pretty much the same summation for both the show and the finale, which was underwhelming. Okay. Um, I really think for me personally, this show suffered in comparison to its uh, predecessor, WandaVision. Um, I think I wouldn't have had such high expectations for this show had it come out first. Sure. Um, before WandaVision, because I feel like the, the other show did a lot more innovative, creatively interesting um, things, and then also had a few more plot twists and turns that really excited me. Whereas this show really just kind of fell flat. Um, it felt like it was supposed to be more, it was supposed to be more engaging, interesting, and it just wasn't. And I was really disappointed in that. Um, Especially because I quite enjoy um, Sebastian Stan's Bucky Barnes. Winter Soldier has been one of my favorite Marvel characters. Um, sure. 
And maybe maybe that's the problem is, you know, pinning my hopes on, you know, the, the guy who's clearly um, like the co-lead rather than the lead. Sure. You know, um, Anthony Mackie, I, I have tremendous respect for him as an actor. I really enjoyed his season of Altered Carbon. I thought he did a great job. But here his acting just didn't shine. And that's really tough when you're the lead in a show that's supposed to be about your journey and your journey to becoming one of the most iconic, you know, superheroes in Captain America. So, yeah, I, I unfortunately was was a little disappointed in this uh, venture by Marvel on a whole and in the finale as well. I don't know, but maybe that was just me. What about what about you? What were your thoughts well, overall before we get into kind of the details? Marvel has, I mean, they have a pretty, they've set themselves a pretty high bar mm-hmm. um, historically. And so, I mean, every show that they release, movie or television show, has to live up, you know, has that going against them. Yeah. Um, you know, so maybe pre-Marvel universe, we would have a different outlook in some regards. But True. I, Still don't think it changes um, the way you said that it fell flat. I think that I think that ultimately, um, ultimately it comes down to like if we're gonna try to fix this show um, from just a like technical standpoint, I think that it really needs a better antagonist. Agreed. Like one hundred percent. We, I don't, we don't, we're not, the way that it's paced and the way it's set up, we don't feel like there is a real, a real threat. I think that yes. the power broker might have made a more interesting, you know, like going down that route. Um, Completely agree. I felt like the kind of double crossing and the, the shady dealings and the, that sort of person, the top that, you know, you don't know who they're, who they have under their employ mm-hmm. kind of thing could have been more interesting. Yeah. But they had to like, but I think the show would have to scale to that then and not attempt to also be like world shattering superhero thing. Yep. Like it's this mixture of like, we're doing something personal and smaller with well, now we're doing a helicopter chase over a bridge and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just, I, yeah, the, the, the season just didn't, it didn't mesh. The stakes didn't feel high enough. Yep. We didn't get enough background information to like really calculate what side we should be on for sure. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it was a, it was a litany of problems. Despite I love the, the best thing we got was our conversation last week. Yes. That, uh, you know, so that those two episodes inspired uh, some some deeper conversation anyways is like, to me, the best the best thing we got. Agreed. And uh, and I think that was partially because of what I, I mean, what I was thinking about in like thinking about talking about the finale for this podcast, I was thinking about, you know, it's really kind of a problem for a show when my favorite character was Captain Zemo. Do you right. know what I mean? Like 
Zemo was my favorite character, and that's really not a great thing for a show like this. All right, yeah, sorry, Baron Zemo, Captain Zemo, boy. Um, I'm still, I still have an excuse. I can blame it on baby brain. I mix up my words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I'm still in that. I just took phase. you with it. I just like Zemo is all I knew, so I was yeah, perfect. you know, I just um, took, took it. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I mean, he kind of inspired our philosophical discussion of last week because he was yep. the character kind of throwing those big ideas around and, uh, you know, really making our two heroes think, but also making the audience think in a way that, you know, I didn't feel quite as inspired um, to, you know, pose those questions to myself, pose those questions of, you know, our, our reality or of our world um, in the same way. So I, I was thinking about it, and uh, yeah, Zemo for me was really the highlight of the show, and that's unfortunate. You know, you kind of, you you need a little bit something more from your main characters to connect mm-hmm. with your audience, I think. Um, and I think, boy, I, I feel like I'm harping on this a lot, but I'm just going to have to say it anyway. Um, I think this show suffered from trying to also follow a little bit of the same formula that WandaVision followed in the sense of its antagonists. Whereas WandaVision, we had um, S.W.O.R.D., you know, the director of S.W.O.R.D. kind of possibly being a little bit of an antagonist in there. We had Agnes being an antagonist, and then we had Wanda herself and the world she created within the Hex. You know, we kind of like were, were... fighting battles on multiple fronts, you know, confronting enemies on multiple fronts. And here we had a little bit of the same thing, but in this show it felt almost too loose. Like we had we had Carly and the Flag Smashers as one of our antagonists. We had um the Power Broker possibly, you know, kind of thrown in the mix as an antagonist when we weren't, you know, sure who it was. And maybe we're going to be fighting for or against, you know, we had to be concerned about the power broker as a character in this show. Um, And then we also had the other Captain America, John Walker, who was like a sort of antagonist. And so when we when we split our focus that way, each of them became less compelling, whereas in WandaVision, the the three you know, semi-antagonists sort of ended up gelling well together and creating this, like, interesting, like, oh, like, you know, over here we have to deal with Wanda's issues. Over here she has to confront, like, a very direct threat in Agnes, you know, and then also in the director of S.W.O.R.D. Those all worked really compellingly together. Here I just felt like my focus was split all the time and I really wasn't sure who... I needed to care about who we were really fighting against and who was going to be, you know, kind of the real problem. So I feel like this show needed, um, instead of doing that like split focus, I feel like this show needed to pick one and really develop it because everybody felt underdeveloped as a result. Uh, I agree. And I think that, um, I think that the, like hearing you say that stuff and like thinking about it, I think that mm-hmm. this show could be, I mean, if I came to you with this pitch and I said, okay, imagine um, Bucky and Sam, buddy cop, they're going after this shadowy 
global organization that is uh, like been committing terrorist acts and they're like gaining a lot of popular appeal amongst citizens of the world and stuff and they need to find out how to take this group down like that is just a pitch sounds fun to me that yeah. sounds like a good show we get to explore the relationship between the two like how they you know the buddy dynamic works for them they get to travel the globe you know and do like kind of spy stuff you can have yeah. scenes where they're trying to he's using his little uh you know forget what he calls it the little ship that comes out of him you know oh, the little drone yeah red wing you know to to spy and stuff and then they realize that oh shoot there's super soldiers within them and they need to take mm -hmm. them. I, I, I don't know. I feel like there's a good show in there, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I think the issue is they complicated it with, like you're saying, there's spreading out. They complicated it with the killing of Falcon, the end of a character and mm, make sure. it His the replacement. Yeah. Yes. To, you know, so you take this character that he is and you, so you, not only do you have this other thing, but now you got to work to the this transition mm -hmm. of being a different superhero. And I think that that's a whole arc and complication that muddies the waters. Yep. Um, I mean, I've never been a fan of the idea of Captain America being replaced to begin with, but obviously they went down that route and we knew they were going to go down that route. Mm -hmm. So like make the most of what, you know, what you have here. But um, yeah, I think if they had just, you know, the show is called Falcon and Winter Soldier. If it was Falcon and Winter Soldier and those two taking on the thing, like it could be a good that that yeah. could work to me, you know, yeah. but it had to be about something bigger. And it had to be about about the Falcon transition to Captain America. So. Yeah. Yeah, I uh I feel disappointed in this in several ways. One, I feel bad for Anthony Mackie because I feel like he keeps taking over somebody else's role and suffering by comparison, at least in my vision. Um, you know, I, I feel like him taking over the role of Captain America, like, it was really disappointing in this episode to, like, see his big Captain America reveal and I really didn't like it. Yep. <laughs> like, I, I thought the, you know, again, in contrast to WandaVision, where we saw her updated Scarlet Witch, and we were both like, oh, this is fantastic, looks so great. His Captain America just, just didn't impress. And I think it's because there was still some elements of Falcon in there. So my brain was still sort of like, so he's like half Falcon, half Captain America. Why can't he just be Falcon? You know, or or if he's gonna be Captain America, let's Falcon's just not good enough. Let's just commit to being Captain America. Like, don't try to like blend the two. Just be one. <laughs> um, you know, there there are some I think blendings that can happen well, and I just don't think this did. Um, I think it again came off like the entire show muddied. Um, mm -hmm. But then what I, the other point I was gonna quick make is I feel like Anthony Mac Mackie also suffered in comparison um, in taking the role of Takeshi Kovach over from Joel Kinnaman in the first episode, in the first series of Altered Carbon. So again, uh, my opinion, maybe not, maybe not the popular one. I don't know. Maybe other people have thoughts where his was better, but I, I just keep feeling like Anthony Mackie 
is like the the actor who keeps coming in second and not yes. doing as well. It's <laughs> and it's it's the sad thing is it's not his fault. No, it's not. Like it, I mean, I say so, Anthony Mackie, but it's but it's not him. It's like the writing, or it's like the storyline. It's it's you know something outside of him. Well, because altered carbon. The idea of transitioning between character is is built into the premise, right. like right. it, you know. So you're gonna see that, but the the quality of the show around him clearly Changed. went down. Production yeah. mm -hmm. value, just like the whole thing, was given less. Different yes. team or what? I don't know. Whatever it was, mm -hmm. it felt like a TV show versus a full production movie put on TV. Yes, and I agree. Um, and. So that's no discredit to him, and it just was the way it was going to be, I guess. You know, I yeah. that, but unfortunate. In this case, you have the production value, but you're demoting and demeaning the character of Falcon. Mm -hmm. The character of Falcon has been around for a long time, and is a known quantity. He's a known mm -hmm. character that he has portrayed and embodied well, in my opinion. And so instead of like upholding that character and developing that character that this show could have done. You mm -hmm. spotlight that character and stuff. Yeah. Instead, he gets to be Captain America sloppy seconds, really yeah. sloppy thirds. Yeah. Because, <laughs> it, you know, um, and it's just John Walker was in there. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. It's disrespectful to the character of Falcon. And it's also like, Imagine in other Marvel, in another Marvel scenario where you have um, Daredevil, who is one of my favorite characters, and I love Daredevil in the show. But you have Daredevil now replacing, and he's going to be the new uh, Thor. Okay. Well, they're not the same. All right. Yeah. So I don't care. Even if, even if, um, somehow Daredevil, Matt Murdock can lift Mjolnir. Um, he is not a god. He can't, you know, whatever. It's just, like, it's not the same. Like, when Anthony Mackie, when Sam was mm -hmm. now Captain America, and he's fighting one henchman, and he can't beat said one henchman, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel right. You'd have no qualm, you'd have no question whether if Steve Rogers was going to come in there and right. beat the snot out of that guy, right? Because that's Steve what Rogers, he's yeah. right. So instead of it, and that's not a disrespect to Falcon because they all play to their strengths. You know, right. Daredevil has his strengths and he does his things. He does. He's usually more against street level gangs. Mm -hmm. I guess he can, he can deal with Spider-Man and like they, they've fought and so like, yes, they do amp them up, but it's not the same as like right. dealing with a God. And so there's, they're different here and right. it's, it makes Falcon look bad. It makes the, the character look bad and it's, it's disrespectful to the character that's been mm -hmm. an original character for many years and it's disrespectful to, to the, the character of Steve Rogers. I'm just mm -hmm. not a fan of this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have to say that, I mean, I agree with you, both in terms of it being difficult to to watch a character come in and try to 
in essence be another character you know kind of and and has to meet our expectations for that character like you said steve rogers like we've already been set up to the way that that captain america fights you know the way that he can handle things like you know what is his level of skill um what is his level of strength you know obviously like he's got the serum so we know like he can be on another level you know he's got the shield this is his main weapon you know, this is how he fights with the shield. And now we're asking Sam, the Falcon, to kind of abandon what makes him good as the Falcon and, and the yeah. way that he fights and the way that he can be effective. Exactly. You know, and and we sort of like place our expectations of, oh, like he's Captain America and now he has to do exactly what Captain America did. Yep. So it's really hard for us to kind of like adjust our reality and adjust our perception of like, okay, this is Captain America sort of yep. because he can't do what Steve Rogers could do. So yep. it's really, it's really tough in that sense. Um, and it really changes, you know, kind of our view of Sam slash the Falcon as an effective superhero in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, and it, and it diminishes him, unfortunately, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, but then also I was thinking for Marvel on a whole, this was sort of a little bit of a test of how audiences are going to react to one character taking over the mantle of another, because as you know, you mentioned Thor, that's going to happen in the next movie. Jane Foster is going to be taking over the mantle of Thor and I'm drastically less excited about that after having watched this show and seen the way that like, I don't like one character taking over, you know, another. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I think this was like a big fail on the part of Marvel to like down the road, sell Thor and Jane Foster taking over that role. I mean, Thor is even more egregious because mm -hmm. Thor is Thor. Like right. that's his name and everything, right. you know. Right, exactly. Um, like he doesn't have Steve Rogers. He doesn't have an right. alias. Yes, but I we don't know how they're gonna do it yet. Like we uh, don't. We, I and mean, like Taika Waititi's back, and I really yes. loved the way he did Ragnarok. And you know, I I think he's a talented director. I'm not saying he couldn't make something great out of it, but just having seen this and the way that like this was bungled. I, I'm now substantially more nervous, I guess. See, I don't know how Marvel can be so um, competent and then seemingly so unaware at the same time <laughs> here because they've clearly, you know, over the last more than a decade, put together quite a amazing plan that hasn't been done in cinema and, like, executed to an incredible level. Um but at the same time, not realizing that their strength in the cinematic universe mm -hmm. has been like a formula that works, but also um, writing to characters that people can universally empathize with. Right. And that doesn't matter what their pedigree is. No one knew who Doctor Strange was. That movie did well. People like Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were. Right. Those movies did well. Those some Groot is like 
a known quantity now. Right. I am Groot. Like, that was not a thing before. Agnes became a big thing, you know, it was Agnes all, Agatha all along, you know, um, yeah. that became a meme. Like, and pe- these, it's like they're afraid to lose the the figureheads of Captain America mm-hmm. and Thor and what and Iron Man and whatever as right. those actors transition to doing something else with their life that right. they're like done with the films for now or or forever, you know. And I don't know why they have that fear. You know, mm-hmm. it, Iron Man again. Iron Man again. People maybe know the name, but now kids everywhere will wear Iron Man T-shirt and love Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And so, don't be afraid that you're losing Iron Man. Be right. excited for the next thing that you make into Iron Man. Right. Kids will still love Iron Man. They'll still be shown the old Avengers movies and all that stuff, and they will love that. And then they will love the next thing if it's done well. You don't have to be lazy writers and just swap people because you're terrified of that character not being around anymore. Because because newsflash, it's now not the same character. Yep. It's not the same character. It's a different one. Yep. And so and now like and again, literally, I say you have the death of a character. You have the death of the superhero Falcon. He no longer exists in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's a shame. I agree. I absolutely agree. Because I feel like we were, you know, both us as an audience and Anthony Mackie as an actor were comfortable with his role as Falcon, and he embodied Falcon, and he, that was like his territory. He owned that character. Now... I feel like this show has has basically just shown us, you know, um, a, a six episode long explanation of his very first line in the show, which was, you know, how does the shield feel? It feels like someone else's. It yeah. still feels like someone else's. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this was a six episode long exploration that that ended at the beginning. Yep. Where I I feel like the shield is somebody else's. And then he didn't even get to shine. No. Like when he comes in, I mean, we have this crazy stunt stuff again where he's being Falcon chasing down a helicopter. That yep. stuff was cool, but as Falcon, because right. that's what you would do. You use your drone, you know, like that's his skill and his forte. And so right. but then you get on the ground and the like like you said in your comments somewhere about Bucky, boy, that arm is handy. You see yeah. Bucky taking on multiple people at once. You even see the other, <laughs> or first replacement Captain America taking, like doing one of the more got, heroic he, things in trying to stop. Serum. Yeah. And he's trying to stop the thing from, from fall, the bus, the van from falling over the edge while mm-hmm. being attacked and stuff. Right. One of the more heroic thing goes to that guy. And and Falcon, well now Captain America, he just gets beat up by a henchman. Right. Does a cool helicopter scene and then comes back. Like it just didn't even showcase him, you know, right. as as a confident, competent now replacement of Captain America. And right. if that it, they didn't drive it home. Like whatever they needed to do, they yeah. didn't sell it, and the the costume didn't work 
It's like yeah. they were trying to like pad him out too. It's like looks yeah. too big and unfitted. Yeah. Uh, the mask too bulky. stuff around his neck didn't look right. It's it just so cool. many levels. Yeah. It just failed. And, and I put in my notes, I have no problem with a superhero who isn't like technically super. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I have no, I have no problem with the fact that Sam doesn't have like super soldier serum. Like, right. fine, he doesn't need Black to. Black Widow. We exactly. We've we've seen a bevy of superheroes who don't have enhanced abilities physically. Yep. You know, maybe it's something else. They have enhanced intellects. You know, enhanced whatever. That's fine. That that doesn't bother me at all. In fact, I quite. Lo- In fact, one of the only things I liked out of Sam's speech as the new like Captain America when he's kind of lecturing the GRC. The only thing I really liked out of there was the point that he was just a guy who was there with his belief that things can be better and I'm going to do my part, whatever my part is to make them better as I see them. Great. Like that's many a superhero's motive, but I just didn't think it worked with him as Captain America. Like you said, we're, we're just used to something different why not let him shine as Falcon and shine in yep. his skills that he's honed and adapted and worked on as Falcon? Because not- that's clearly like his, like his forte. It's his comfort zone. It's his, you know, that's that's the thing that he can own mm-hmm. and feel confident. And I feel like we as viewers would feel better when he's in his comfort zone. I mean, when you look at um, the Avengers. Uh, Wasp, Ant Man, mm-hmm. Falcon, um, Hawkeye, Black, Black Widow. Widow, all these people don't Tony have Tony Stark, superpowers. Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Lots of not superpowered people, and mm-hmm. it, it's it's kind of one of those things. Like, well, obviously, Thor could just break Tony Stark in half. Yeah, but you you know, but like they. You know, is Tony Stark not cool? Tony right. Stark is very cool. Right. You know, Hawk, Hawkeye does some cool stuff. Or you know, like but he's Peter Quill, Star Lord. Technically, yes, yes, has, exactly. Does not have a power. <laughs> yep. All those guys, you know, different different species or whatever, you know. But yeah, exactly. It's it's playing to their strengths and uh, and and to make them superheroes, you make them play their strengths and not have to deal with all their weaknesses yep you know like of course they have like to make them real they have weaknesses but you don't have you don't put them in you know hey black widow it's your turn to your your turn to try to take down thanos yeah right you know like it's just no and or like hey here like you know tony stark and and bruce banner are debating like quantum physics like would you like to you know interject here like no yeah like, right. Exactly. Not, that's not your realm of expertise. Yep. And that's I I hope people don't feel like that's a slight of the character. It's just no. being realistic and it makes them, you know, it Well, that's, that's the point. Why, I mean, not not everybody should have the same skill set. Otherwise, what would be the point of getting a group together? You would just yeah. have like multiple of the same thing. Like Yep. The point of having the group is everybody brings something to the table that is unique to them to contribute. Yeah. Like Black Widow's got a certain set of skills that, you know, Thor doesn't, that Tony Stark doesn't, that, you know, 
X, you know, superhero on and on and on. Everybody has something different. That's the point. Yep. Otherwise you would just like clone yourself. That's why I love like a group of me can take care of everything. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I loved X-Men growing up and still to to this day, because Mm -hmm. I love the team dynamic. And there are definitely X-Men that are weaker or stronger, but they all do something really cool. And when they're working together, like that's, that's the best, you know, Well, everybody, everybody's needed at some point. Yeah. Is the point like, yeah, sure. Like, you know, somebody's, somebody's power might be more useful, you know, on an everyday level or like more often, but it's not going to, it's not universal, you know, like Cyclops just can't like laser eye through everything. You know, sometimes, you know, we, we need something else here. Yep. In my D and D campaign, you know, sometimes someone feels a little bad that they're not like dealing as much damage or something. Mm-hmm. But then later, the the parties split up and they have a spell that helps them be able to find the group. Well, that's pretty important because otherwise the other people would have died or something. You know, exactly. they, you didn't rejoin. Like, it's important. So, I don't know. I I don't need to harp on it anymore. I don't. But uh, yeah, because because we again we knew it was coming. We knew what this was. We did, but to. but unfortunately, I I think it was more disappointing than than we had anticipated. And yeah. like I said, could have been that, done better, regardless. Yes. yes, yes, could have been done better. And I think that has implications not only for this product, but like I said, also down the line, for anybody who who is watching this and now, like myself, is is approaching the next Thor with a little bit more trepidation. Sure. So what else in this episode specifically um, do we want to run down? Obviously, we have our confrontation now where it's like, okay, you know, um, Walker has been kicked mm-hmm. out, disgraced. So Sam decides to take uh, take the shield and it's the final confrontation, the... Um, the flag smashers are moving out, um, doing another big, big attack or push, mm-hmm. and of course our heroes have to have to stop. Yeah, this uh, this episode felt a little formulaic in that sense, you know, like oh we're pulling off the big caper and this is our this is our big moment that you know our heroes are coming together to kind of stop everything um and it just it just really didn't excite me unfortunately you know at, at on the whole i think there were pieces that were fun um mm-hmm. and uh as she's on the screen right now for you know those who are who are looking who are viewers um emily van camp's uh sharon carter was a highlight you know coming in um you know getting in there her reveal as the power broker, which I think we are already pretty clued into, but still was kind of fun um, Mm -hmm. to see her be there and uh, see the way that it went down. That, that was kind of fun to me, but a lot of the other elements felt, felt very like, Oh, I can, I can predict this. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really liked um, actually that Walker came in to help. Um, mm-hmm. because I think that a, 
I noted that, you know, a less honest show, I get in a way or whatever, could take the easy route. And well, he's just villain now. Yeah. Like he killed one person with his shield. He's just a villain. And I thought this was way more believable because mm -hmm. we've we've had our confrontations with him. We've seen him be a dick who doesn't get along with other people and stuff. Um, but the show's managed to, at least for me, make me sympathize anyways. And I've said with him, as I honestly say with Sam now too, it's an unfair position to be put in um, yeah. to be Captain America. And this guy's had an entire life of service to his country and um, presumably has some values that even though he makes a mistake and gets like kicked out, doesn't necessarily just throw over, throw away overnight. He doesn't just like, Oh, ha Now I'm evil villain right. and I'm going to whatever. So I right. liked that. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was a good touch. I would agree with that. Um, one thing I do want to note with his storyline, I was super intrigued with, you know, kind of this whole very brief side exploration um, of him becoming, you know, U.S. agent and him yeah. now, you know, like, I feel like that that sort of was like teased and not in a good way because I was actually really intrigued by that storyline, you mm -hmm. know, him, be, him becoming Captain America, him, like we say, you know, being a total dick and we didn't like him. I was really disappointed when he got the super soldier serum because it made him even more of a dick. And, um, you know, like in this show, like he took a dark, dark turn, but then, you know, he kind of came around again and I felt sorry for him, especially when he was like stripped of all his titles and dishonorably discharged because like you said, it felt like a setup. It felt like mm -hmm. he could never measure up and he was just being hung out to dry and, and being put out there to fail because he couldn't be Steve Rogers. Right. Um, so it, it made me empathize with him. And then, you know, he got this whole like, Oh, you know, Julia Louis Dreyfus comes in as, um, Contessa Valentina. And she, yeah. you know, has this whole like, Ooh, shadow job offer. Who would I work for? You know, what could we be doing? And done, you know, like we get we get this like very intriguing side plot and then we don't get to see anything at all about where it goes. Yeah. And and I was actually more intrigued by that than some of the the elements of the main storyline. Yeah. That um that would have been almost that would have been I could see that being another show too where you know it's set up initially where um this guy's given the sh Sam turns on the shield. This guy's given the shield mm -hmm. and takes the role. And the and Sam and Bucky begrudgingly help him. They're mm -hmm. upset that like he has Steve's shield and like thinks that you know it's it's not fair to his memory and whatever. But right. they help him anyways. And in doing so, they clearly have conflict, and it leads to uh, Walker killing someone when he didn't need to in a bloody way. And, you know, then things get stripped from him, and then they ha now have a new person that they're, you know, against or something. I, I don't know. Maybe because still that, that would that would hinge on him turning into a villain right away. No, 
like the not street. necessarily though, because we don't know who you know Valentina works for and what their goals are. So it could yeah. be it could be sort of one of those like neutral forces where sometimes you work together and sometimes you work against. Like yeah. we were talking about um, to go back to WandaVision. God, I feel like I go back to WandaVision all the time. But, you know, when once we we get the reveal of Agatha's character, you know, she's she's described as a neutral superhero who sometimes works with the Avengers, sometimes works against because she's just against like the forces of chaos. And sometimes, sure. you know, that that makes her aligned with, you know, what what we're traditionally seeing as, you know, our protagonists, our heroes. And sometimes it doesn't. Sure. So it could have been one of those like murky gray areas where like sometimes we have to work together. Sometimes we're on opposite sides. Yeah. And maybe and that could one have of those been really interesting. One of those off the books things where we can yeah. start addressing again, like you talked about before the ends justifying the means sort of argument, you know, yeah. where he's not officially sanctioned anymore. And mm -hmm. so he's doing this covert stuff that he feels is right and good but is totally outside the bounds of the law. Right. And about, it's kind of like they do in X-Men eventually, you know, in reforming the X-Force. They want people mm -hmm. that, like, that Jean Grey and, or others aren't going to know about necessarily, and they go and they do the killing and stuff. Right, when, right. The when stuff Cyclops that wants to wash his hands do. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The stuff that our heroes could never do, and we we could never... You know, as the audience, like we're we're introduced to like the purity of their characters, and they they only disarm, they don't kill. We can't, you know, like our heroes don't get bloody like that. But somebody has to. Yep. So see, there's a potential in here for a show that is the anti twenty four. Did you watch the show twenty four? Uh, very briefly. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, there you go. Punisher. Daredevil yes. Punisher. Exactly. It's that kind of dynamic. Perfect, yeah. Yeah. Um, 24 <laughs> was an amazing show, very well done, but it hinged on the audience being okay with the protagonist doing things that are very outside the law because the audience knows they're right. Sure. Which, yep, Jack Bauer. So um, it's, which is fun, but and makes him like like a superhero because that's what superheroes do. Mm -hmm. But when you're put in this position where he's not a superhero, it it gets people thinking like that. At least I did as a kid watching this. I'm like, if only we had someone like Jack Bauer, you know, that was gonna, <laughs> you know. But yeah. I'm thinking about the wrong way. Yeah. Like, of course, of course, you would like if you were in the position where you knew a nuclear bomb was going to go off, and you had to do whatever it took to to get that bomb to not go off. You probably do that, but you cannot say. Also, if you got caught doing it, you know you go to prison for the rest of your life in a way. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know that that discussion because that is the ends and means discussion. Yeah. in an interesting way and that feels good when you completely agree with what the person is doing mm -hmm. and it feels not so good if the person is on polar opposites of you you know 
Exactly. So Anyways, that you're right. That could have been more broken down here. I guess that was a tangent. Sorry. No, so. no. I think I think that um, that kind of gets to one of my frustrations with this show and its inconsistencies. Where you know, in our in our final episode here, and in our final moments between Sam and Carly, who is you know again, I I think our main antagonist. Right unclear since like I said before like we had multiple antagonists that pulled focus but Sam you know talks to her about like the the way that she's fighting this conflict and he's saying like you don't have to do these things you don't have to you know take hostages you don't have to kill hostages you don't have to kill he says that exact sentence to her and I find I found that it struck me because in the very first moments of this show in the first introduction we have to Falcon, he kills a lot of people like in that whole helicopter chase that we have in like what looks like almost the grand Canyon. Um, mm. I, I know it's another country, but I can't remember where it is. Right. Um, but he, you know, he's going up against this like special task force in trying to rescue, um, I think like a, a general or a lieutenant or something who's been taken by the other side and he kills a whole bunch of people. No, they float down safely. <laughs> he, he definitely like, yeah, he definitely doesn't like ram one back first into like a cliff wall or anything. Yeah. You know, that's, I'm sure he just like walked right out of that Tunisia. Okay. Captain Vassant. Thank you. So, yeah, so, so I found that like really like it exacerbated my cognitive dissonance right there where like he's trying to argue, Carly, you don't have to be this way. You know, the ends don't justify the means. You don't have to kill. And then like I was thinking back to the first episode and I was like, Sam, you you definitely killed a whole bunch of people. So <laughs> so that that like could have been explored, I think through the cat, the character of John Walker, because he's, you know, like this shadow Captain America, this shadow self and a foil for Sam, the way that I don't think Carly ever was. Like I right. never really equated them together and I never really understood why Sam kept wanting to talk to her, why he kept being like, I understand yeah. you, you know, like we come from the same place. Like they really just didn't feel almost in the same universe together. So I had a really right. hard time, like, you know, kind of pitting them against one another where, like you said, I think, um, you know, going through the evolution of John Walker as like normal citizen or I guess not totally normal, but you know what I mean? Like average yeah. Joe in the army to Captain America to the U.S. agent, that evolution alongside Sam would have made for really compelling television. Yeah, and I got the... Um... I got vibes, I think, in the first episode, maybe the second one, where they had all those people and they saw they had got their message on their phone and then they all put on the masks and did mm -hmm. some, you know, like you said, coordinated flash mob thing or whatever. <laughs> I started to get vibes of like a Jason Bourne kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this show could have really thrived on a Jason Bourne kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know, um, again, the, the espionage and the, but keep, because that would be an opportunity, like I think WandaVision did, 
with being something very different than the movies. Yeah. You know, not the traditional superhero thing is very different uh, in, in every way. And I think yeah. that, um, yeah. So I think lots of missed opportunities. I agree. Well, well, it really feels like this show could have been three different shows and they just needed to pick one, but instead they like mashed different shows together. Like sure. you said, they could have, they could have picked a show where, you know, they do this like Jason Bourne style, like espionage and, you know, they really take the time to just develop the Flag Smashers. Maybe also give them a better name, side note. But <laughs> but develop them as, you know, the antagonist and develop this, you know, tone of the yeah. show as like an espionage show. Or you take the other route and, you know, like like I was describing, we have, you know, you you do this like evolution of Sam into Captain America and John Walker into the U.S. agent. And you you kind of like run these like parallel storylines and have them as foils to one another. And then that makes for compelling television. But instead, we got this like half and half that really didn't work out. Yeah, I mean, they want us to sympathize with Carly, and I just don't. I you know, know I didn't it's, either. It's part of not having enough to go on. Mm-hmm. You know, let us see them living and whatever struggles they deal with and let us really under I really want to understand what is happening uh with the the snap and then when everybody comes back like what is yep. actually going on here I feel like the show is trying to to tell us that hey trust us they're doing something wrong mm-hmm. and hurting the normal people of the world Mm-hmm. And so therefore you should sympathize when I want to know, I want to understand whether mm-hmm. I agree that they're doing something wrong right. or not. And what, cause maybe I'm not like paying enough attention or something, but do you understand what the GRC was really doing exactly? Cause they talked about it a little bit in the speech, how like, okay, so yeah. a bunch of people disappear, then a bunch of people come back. That's obviously a complicated issue to sort out. That's to me is what I got from it. Yeah, and I and I found myself actually agreeing with that because I think we'd talked about it in a, in a show before how how complicated would that be to to you know sort out property disputes of you know if somebody was gone and then came back like but somebody had moved into their house in the meantime like how would you decide who gets it? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, if somebody's married and thinks their spouse died, remarries, but then their spouse comes back, like, which marriage is valid? Like, aren't they both technically valid? You know? So, so I actually really agreed with the, the guy from the GRC who steps up to Sam and says like, this is a really complicated issue that we're trying to decide. And you don't, you don't seem to see that. And Sam's like, no, I don't. And that's a good thing. And I was like, no, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to take a stand right there and, and have to disagree with you there and say, no, this is really complicated. And I, and I think that encompasses another one of the show's problems. They tried to make things too simple and say simple is good when really this is a very complicated thing. Yep. And, and it makes it more complicated because like you said, 
we as an audience don't get to see examples. We don't get to like live through somebody's experience. We don't get to like understand, you know, what exactly happened. A more we, we get like, it all secondhand. A more competent show would have shown us exactly what happened to Carly. Yeah. Like it would have shown like us delved her, into her background. Yeah. Her coming her yeah. like like being there, being someplace, making a living for herself, and then people right. coming back. And then the chaos that that creates and then being kicked out of the place she was in or something, you know, right. we would see right. that. And then we it. could, we could empathize with her feeling of displacement, her feeling yep. of, you know, why is nobody helping me? Why, why is it only the people who came back that are being helped and not yep. the people who were here the whole time, you know, and then we would understand how she found, you know, the other people in the flag smashers, how they banded together, like yep. why, why all of this was happening. Yep. The, I, you brought up the speech. The speech was, was not good because, because, um, I, I like what you said in the comments here about, um, agreeing with like the who's in the room element, because yeah. that is always important for people that are making decisions that have been granted some level of power to still empathize with the people that they are making decisions for. Right. And understand that impact, you know, of course, that makes sense. Um, but uh, the rest of it, basically, I didn't like. And some of it where yeah. you're talking about, like, oversimplification. To me, it came off exactly like a politician being asked, what are you going to do about this? And mm -hmm. then they just say nice things. Yes. You know, they don't actually, there's not actually an answer. There's not a policy thing there's just a, we're, we, I care about people and we're going to make sure we take care of everyone and it's going to be nice. And then it's not like there's, and I guess that sells some people, you know, um, but cause that's what they keep doing always, but that's right. what this reminded me of. So, yeah, I, I do have to agree with you. His, his speech, like the episode fell flat. Um, I, that yeah like the 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 part where he was like you know who's in the room with you when you make decisions was the only part that resonated with me because it made me think of present day politicians who you know um are so far removed sometimes from their constituents that they forget who they're representing you know if you don't go back and like hold town halls and like you know speak to to the people in your district or your state or you know region yep. whatever yeah, you're going to forget, you know, who, who you're representing sometimes. And like, just kind of like you're, you fall in the trap of being in the room with other politicians and you make decisions that way. Yeah. But the, like you said, the rest of it was very like, we need to, you know, do better and we need to be better. And we need to, you know, it was just like nice, empty platitudes. Sam didn't yeah. have like a bullet point action plan of like, this is what we need to do. Yep. Um, it was just like, I'm Captain America and, and I have a belief that we can be better. So you should too. Yep. I think Great. the show, <laughs> yeah. I, I think the show had three, um, three, in my opinion, powerful moments. And, um, they were all okay. like, so one was, um, Walker choosing to help the people in the van. Like to yes. me, that was a pivotal point in the, for that character. And I mm -hmm. like, I feel good about this. Good job. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like 
Yeah. And then um, the other was when Bucky went to actually say he killed the guy, the old guy's kid. Yes. At the end. Yes. That was good. Ugh. You know, like some closure there. Yep. I only got the oh, picture. That was crushing. That was crushing. And then when um, Sam showed Isaiah the memorial for him. Loved that. Like that was a good touch. And it still makes me question. You put it in there too. So in your comments, it's like, okay, so let's see. He he he's Captain America. He has a shield. He can um, make this memorial happen overnight. He they can get um, what's her face uh, Sharon. pardoned. Sharon pardoned, but they his sister can't get that bank loan. <laughs> oh man, that's too bad. I know. I closed it out. Can he get a yeah. bank loan now? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, oh, the inconsistency. Yeah, uh, it's the the show is missing a. Uh, a touchstone of reality to me. Um, and it's, it's like going between um, trying to be real and trying to be superhero and not, not working in that, in that regard. But um, yeah, it's, it's weird. This is kind of the first show that's really stumbled on some of the practicalities of being a superhero. And um, I know we've, we've talked about, you know, obviously Sam getting a bank loan, like how is that not a thing? Um, but then also, you know, does Sam get paid by the government? Like who does he, does he work for exactly? Mm -hmm. That's sort of unclear. Is he sanctioned by the government? Like they literally bring it up in this episode. Like, you know, so on whose authority are you now Captain America? Like, who do you, you know, are you speaking for America? Are you speaking for a particular group? Right. Like we don't exactly know. Um, and it's kind of one of the things that that made me think of um, the boys, where mm. being a superhero is like a very sanctioned, regulated business. You know, Vought is a company. You are an employee. You get paid X amount of dollars. Like this, you know, they farm you out to go do movies and promotional appearances, and you get you know contracts negotiated for all of that. And it sort of felt like we almost needed to see some of that in this in this show to understand yes or no does sam get paid by the government is he a government employee because then it then it would clear up you know maybe why he couldn't get a bank loan if he's not a government employee if he's not you know getting paid or if he's like off the record you know kind mm -hmm. of thing Okay, so maybe then when you file your taxes, you don't get to, you know, file that you have a government job. So the bank looks at you and goes like, uh, okay, you know, this is a risk. That would have made sense to, to me. But because we don't have those like minute details, now it's unbelievable that he can't get a bank loan. I feel like someone was sitting in the room, in the writer room, and being like, well, we need some sort of struggle at home. You know, we need something mm -hmm. and they just didn't spend the time to make something realistic there. Yeah. You know, it just, it look, I mean, you look at, um, housewives, real housewives. Okay. We're going to bring in, we're going to bring this in. They, like um, <laughs> they generally, most of them have plenty of money. Mm -hmm. They can all get loans if they want, but they still have problems. Like the one woman is dealing with her daughter was um, was considering suicide, 
And so it doesn't matter how much money you have. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a problem. That's a, Mm -hmm. that's a, that's a concern. It's a, it's a, you know, family stress, you know, divorce, you know, unhappy marriage, whatever it is, there's all kinds of problems you can have. So they didn't have to go the route of, I can't get money. Like they didn't Mm -hmm. have to go that route. They could have gone any number of route. Like maybe he's not talked to his sister. Maybe he's a strange, just on this. I'm estranged from my sister. I haven't talked to my family a long time. Mm -hmm. I, something happened. Maybe that something is interesting where we're not on good terms anymore. Mm-hmm. find out that someone in your family is sick or if they're the family business is going under. Mm-hmm. And so you try to reconnect and can you reconnect? And we're in such different worlds. Now you don't even right. understand us. Like you left us behind and whatever kinds of things, you know, there's elements of that, yeah. but, um, you know, it's just something realistic, something believable that anyone can go through, mm-hmm. um, regardless of wealth level or, or popularity or anything like that. Right. And again, I feel like this show like kind of started going there where his sister was mad at him for like abandoning them. But then in a later Mm -hmm. episode, she was like, I never thought you ran away. I was like, oh, okay. well, I guess that's that family problem solved. Like, I thought that was an interesting point where, you know, she was bringing up you weren't here and it's just me trying to make this family business work. So so that, like you said, could have been an interesting angle or. You know, if if we needed to stick to the business angle, like you said, the business is failing or this this isn't, you know, a lucrative business anymore. Like we were in fishing, but fishing is dying out. So, you know, we have to sell the boat and find a new business because this isn't sustainable. Any any one of those problems would have been more realistic than, you know, we're just failing but we can't get a bank loan even though like you're a huge celebrity and everybody knows your name right so you come in and you want to co-sign and the relationship isn't perfect and she wants to make it on her own so she doesn't want to do that right and then she has trouble with the bank loan and that's the fight but you know like you just common sense stuff so i did i don't want to like i feel bad harping on that one moment but it just was so ridiculous and it kind of set up a side story mm-hmm. uh, that that carried through the season yeah you know um the the fishing the family business was a side story that they continued to deal with so well yeah because they they go back that's like their their regroup point you know yep. when when they're yeah. when Sam and Bucky are, are at their lowest and they're you know I don't really know what we're going to do from here. How do we go forward? You know, maybe, you know, like John Walker's just killed somebody and we're feeling very disillusioned about that. Maybe now is the moment that Sam takes up the shield, but he's still nervous. Like that's where they go. That's where they run to, you know, to have their, their little buddy montage and their, you know, fixing up things montage to, you know, Oh, we can do this. And, you know, we can solve the world's problems, even if it's just, you know, one problem at home. So we keep going back to that. So it's, you know, it's not a one and done. It's not like, oh, we can just forget this moment. It just happened once early in the season and it's weird. Right. No, we're forced to come back to it. Yep. Yep. So I uh, certainly am open to any other parts you want to talk about this episode, but I do want to make sure we get in the 
question of that we that we missed last week, um, which was the idea that power makes you more yourself, yes. right? Yes. Um, so that was uh, the oh, which was another like oh shit moment kind of um, when <laughs> Carly's like, um, I try not to, I don't want to hurt people that don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about. Oh, wow. Um, but uh, yeah, his uh, Walker's partner, it's, I believe it was, that said. Um, yeah, Battlestar. Yeah, we, um, you know, not a problem. I would take the serum, of course, because having more power just makes you more yourself. Yeah, I I remember noting that, uh, first of all, he was like a little devil on Walker's shoulder there. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just being like, yeah, I'd totally take this. Like no problems yeah. at all. Couldn't see any, any issues. I was like, wow, that, that must be nice to feel that, you know, that, that simplified worldview. Um, but also quite a different spin than, you know, the, the traditional idiom of absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that, that whole idea that, that the more power you have, the worse you become rather than the more yourself you become. Yeah. So I, I really feel like that, that even though he said that the show portrayed the opposite in Carly, especially, you know, like the the more power she got, the more, the more cold she seemed, the more distant from human empathy, you know, she was willing to do things like take these vans of people hostage she was like, oh, yeah, you know, if we need to, we'll just kill him. Like, even her own people in the Flag Smasher were like, Flag Smashers were like, ah, whoa, like, that's that's a bit far. And she's like, you know, or we could just commit suicide, you know, if we die. Like, you know, the movement is stronger than us. Like, it doesn't matter. And I was like, man, Carly, people really view suicide and homicide differently. Like, you, people when you when you toss off things like that like if you just say like yeah we could kill a whole bunch of people people tend to re- to view that much more negatively than if you say like i could die for the cause that's you making mm-hmm. your own choice for you trying to be a in martyr other, right in the other instance that's you making the choice for a lot of other people who don't get a say right so yeah i just i really felt like the sh- the, even though Lamar ha- Hoskins like was like, oh yeah, power just makes you more of who you are. The show was like, no, we're gonna we're gonna show the complete opposite. So you know what I thought of when uh, that was brought up was so alcohol intoxication. So some people say you're more yourself then or whatever you know when you're intoxicated. Oh yeah, true. Yeah. So it depends, like. I consider that part of yourself is the way that your conscious mind manages yourself. It's kind of like, you know, Batman says or whatever. It's not, you know, it's what we do that defines us, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's not what your uninhibited self would do you know, yourself with no inhibitions, what you, you know, what we, what would you do? No limitations. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that to me and tell me uh, if I'm wrong 
is not yourself because yourself includes your self-control. It includes like what you choose to say and what you choose to withhold, Mm -hmm. you know, what you choose to do and what you choose not to do despite desire, despite cravings, despite whatever, like Mm -hmm. what you put forth is what you are, or is Mm -hmm. at least a very critical part of it. And so I don't know, is this connect, does that make sense? And does this connect to you, uh, to the way that, you know, uh, given power, you know, would Mm -hmm. be, would, it would apply as well. Like you're, you're still hindered with the idea that, yeah, you can do more, but do you do more? Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. So I think in order to really test out if power would make you more of who you are, every, it would have to be everybody is given power. Because the the way that our character develops, in my view, is with constraints. Like you said, you know, like your your self-control, your decisions your your understanding of your own limitations your you know these these kind of things that that despite you know um craving or wanting or or you know these these urges that we have we keep those in check because that's that's part of our understanding of the way that we live in society so there there isn't a way to just say that your unchecked ego is yourself unless everybody was given the opportunity to have an unchecked ego and that would be the new rules of society because we we not only grow up with with our own self-control but we we grow up with a generalized societal control as well and i don't think there's a way to separate yourself from those ideas unless society as a whole is separated from those does mm. does that make sense i'm not sure trying to put it together <clears throat> sure. um like how does i'm not i'm trying to make sense of the the society element like everyone getting to choose i mean obviously sure, so sure. this is like everyone like I'm I'm trying to not um I'm having trouble myself making my own arguments now connect successfully with the uh with the the power thing. Um I mean if we examine um I, I guess it's a I guess the idea is that when you're given a lot of power, um your your temptation grows. Mm-hmm. And so then you are less your 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 limit of resisting temptation is only so much as finite, you know, quantity. And so as your power grows, you can't you can no longer resist making use of that power. Mm-hmm. Um, does that seem flawed and um, in like. I don't know. I feel like I, I need to think about this more. It's an mm-hmm. interesting question to me and I'm not, I'm not piecing something together coherently. Um, yeah, it's, it's, 
it's tough because it's so vague in its premise, like power makes you more of who you are. But it it depends a lot on how you think the self is formed, like yes. who you are, um, you know, is who you are, you know, the sum of your lived experiences and the decisions you've made, like, you know, you were talking about, you know, going back to our discussion last week where I brought in Schopenhauer who believed that you were born with a certain set of, um, you know, characteristics. Directives. Yeah, yeah. Directives, like your will was predetermined and you couldn't escape it. So, you know, what what was the point really in in thinking you had choices because you didn't um because all your choices were going to be predetermined by a set of characteristics that you inherit so you know it, it's it's hard to say power just makes you more of who you are without thinking about what makes me who i am you know and how do i define who i am and then you know, if I were given a certain amount of power, do I believe that I would still be who I am? Or do I think who who I am is shaped by the limits of what I can do? And if you take away those limits, I'm no longer me. And if I were to get that power, I would just become like totally corrupt because myself is defined by the limits I place on myself, by the, the morals I have, but also maybe, you know, on how much I buy into society's morals, society's limitations, you know, it's, it's a lot to consider yep. what makes you who you are. Yeah, I, I agree. That's what I was going to get to. I think then is that if more power makes you someone else, mm -hmm. you know, it, like you say, if you're defined by sort of your limits, you know, and where what you are capable of, and then you come into a lot more power, you now are changing your limits, therefore changing who you are. Mm -hmm. So it, it it doesn't make you more yourself. It changes it changes you. Mm -hmm. Changes your existence. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't mean that you have to to become totally different. It doesn't mean that you no. can't retain some piece of self, but I, I would have to say that I, I wouldn't agree <laughs> with, uh, with Battlestar's assessment of, you know, power just makes you more of who you are. I think it, I think it changes who you are. That doesn't mean that you become unrecognizable. That doesn't mean you have to become a totally different person, but I don't think you can just stay the same. Yep. I mean, I can look at, um, a the small scale um ashley has a like middle school high school friend that mm -hmm. to my understanding was always like just a skinny scrawny dude whatever you know and then like after high school or something he just like ate like mad and lifted like mad and now he's a giant he is a okay. hulking giant you know he's not the same person his power mm -hmm. level has increased, you know, mm -hmm. like whatever his, he, he is, you know, yes, he is physically like the soul of the same person or whatever, you know, like, but he has become a different person than he was. Mm -hmm. Um, and for, for the better for, you know, great or whatever. So it's an example of like, not 
where it's just all corrupting or something like that. You know, it's many levels of power and of change. Yeah. I just I was intrigued by this because I never heard anyone say that. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah, like I like I noted, you know, usually the the assumption is power corrupts. Yeah. And right. and this was like a different, you know, philosophical viewpoint of like power makes you more of who you are. Um and while I don't necessarily agree, I don't also necessarily agree with the idea that power corrupts. Like I I do think you know, there can be instances where you gain more power and you can use it for good. And that, you know, it, it may change who you are, but it could change you for the better rather than for the worse. Like, it, it just kind of depends on the person. Well, I mean, I don't know how the quote goes exactly, but it, the idea is absolute power corrupts absolutely. And right. so it's it's that, that level of extreme where everybody has their tolerances, you know. Right. And it's the same with, it's, it's anything. It's like some people, a lot of people will never cheat in their life and other people will never stop cheating. Yes. You know, and they have their their tolerances and people get their tolerances for like get it. Someone could get on the city council and they can make a lot of great things happen and others can get on there and they want to boss people around. They want to mm -hmm. push people around. It gets to them. They don't right. have absolute power, but, they, but it's too much for them already. Right. You know? Right. And Even so that little it, piece. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, direct direct city resources to their business, or you know, get their yeah. friends, you know, in positions of you know, oh, this is my friend. He should be, you know, running the high school or coaching the football team or whatever. Yeah. Yep. You want you want some you want some local small town gossip that everybody. Oh, wants. I do. I do. <laughs> it's it's just <laughs> a, they're trying to remake the pool in the town. They're going to redo the pool, okay. uh, swimming pool, and it's um. It's getting a lot of donations, and one someone says that whatever they're gonna do, uh, whatever people raise, they're gonna like match, a uh, match it or something like that. Um, so, a bunch of money was raised, and then the city council, I guess, decided that they were gonna spend some of the money on some other things. And so oh. some people were like, uh, so I'm not gonna name, I'm gonna say any names, but. One of the people that had been asking for donations and stuff is said, well, that's not happening. I mean, unless you want to give everybody's check back that donated because they donated for something specific. Mm -hmm. And um, they're like, oh, we're not going to bother with that. We're not going to go through with that and do that. So this person contacted, I don't know, someone le like legally, you know, mm -hmm. at the state or something. And they're like, yeah, you you can't do that. That's not happening. You definitely so, can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so they're all mad. There's a there's a number of people that are pretty mad at this at this person now. But it's like you're gonna steal people's money. They're donating to a specific specific cause so this children can have a pool in the in the community, and you right. want to use it for I don't know what else. You know something right. else. Right. And like and like while you might think whatever else you're using the money for is benign or good or whatever that's a value judgment you're making and the person who's donating their money may not make the same judgment and yep. they have a right to make the, to withhold their dollars, you know, from something that they don't agree with. You yep. you know, I mean, I, I keep wanting to say it's like fraud, but it's not exactly fraud. 
right. you know, to to make people think they're investing in one thing and then like kind of pull a little bit of a switcheroo there. Um, mm-hmm. And again, like, you know, I, I'm not saying like, I'm not ascribing like sinister motives. Right. I'm sure, I'm sure they thought like, oh, this, you know, we just have more money and we can just do other things with I'm it. And it's, and it's good. Those are your you know. words, not mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's all sinister. It's all a plot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, you, you, you can't tell people that they're donating for one thing and then, like I said, pull a little switcheroo. So are those people now, are those people being acting more of themselves because so they see all these dollars in front of them mm-hmm. and they have increased dollars equals increased power. They have increased power now and they're choosing to right away go against what they're beholden to do with this money. Like mm-hmm. uh, they're giving in right away yeah. to something like ex- them expressing themselves because they feel they can now and they have right. extra power or right. are they, is that a bit of power that is so much that it's changing them? I mean, it doesn't, I would say so, that you think so. I would say the second. Yeah. Okay. It's because it seems them. like, okay. Not, not in like a massive way. Yeah. Again, I, I think this is like a, a, a smaller example and probably a smaller effect mm-hmm. on on the person or the people making up the count, you know, the city council or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I think it does. You know, oh, you know, we feel emboldened to you know go spend this money because we have the money, therefore we have this little bit of power and we can do that. And and I think that sort of comes out in, you know, them not saying. Um, oh, we have this extra money now. Here are some other things we might want to spend it on. We should check in with the people who donated and say, mm-hmm. like, listen, you know, we got this money. We have X amount of surplus. Would you would you feel comfortable if we used it now for this other thing? Because we have this surplus and we think it's a good idea. You know what I mean? Them making the decision to do it and then you know, this other citizen feeling like they have to be a watchdog and saying like, no, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take it to the to the state or to the next level or wherever they took it um, to, to get that no, you know, answer. Uh-huh. That's, that's where that, that power dynamic comes into play. I think. The interesting thing is I don't think they have a surplus. I think oh. they saw, I think they saw a bunch roll in and probably got okay. a little cocky Okay. And uh, started started dreaming, you know. <laughs> and, sure. Uh, well, I don't know. I would. I'd be interested if there was someone that was passionate about the other, the reverse of this. Is like yeah. maybe heard this before, or thought of this idea, and uh, like really wants to let us know why why we're wrong here and why. Because um, I I still think I'm I'm interested by. I'm interested by perspectives that I haven't thought of before. And this is definitely yeah. one of them as simple mm-hmm. as maybe it is. I don't know, but yeah, I think, um, I think this is one of the few bright spots of the show was like this, like, you know, philosophical element that was brought in, in the last couple episodes, like really made me mm-hmm. think it, it didn't really even feel almost connected to the show at times. Um, you know, it kind of felt like a little bit of tangents, but it was really interesting to think about. And really yeah. interesting to discuss. And sometimes it felt like it could be embodied by the characters in the show. And then other times it's more like, you mm-hmm. know, 
oh, it's just like an idea that was floated out there. And, you know, we kind of got to put our own examples to it like you just did. Yep. The town's coming <laughs> after me now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They're listening. The city council's listening. They're listening. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. So second Disney plus Marvel show is down. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else we want to say about it before we start getting ready for whenever Loki comes out? I think that's the next one. Right. Uh, June, maybe, I think. So we got a little bit yet. Mm -hmm. um, I'm hoping maybe that extra time between means a little bit better production value on Loki and a little bit better storyline. Well, Loki, like WandaVision looks very different from mm -hmm. everything else Marvel. And again, where I feel like this one try was trying at parts to do something different and then kind of couldn't help but be the same. Um, at, yeah. You know, and, it, and it got messy because of it. So, yeah. One of the yep. reasons. So. so, yeah. Um, I would say if we're giving like, I don't know. What kind of rating system do we want to use? What have we, we been using? <laughs> I don't know. Well, we, we had, you know, when you're doing your review of games, we had one to 10 and then we had one to five. One so. to five is better than one to 10 in my opinion. It's okay. So if we're, if we're going to do one to 10 or one, excuse me, one to five, um, I would give this show, I'm going to place it like at a solid three. Okay. It okay. like good elements, but like failed execution on a lot of things. Um, whereas like I would probably give, have given WandaVision like four, 4.5, depending on, you know, how I yeah. felt. Probably See, I four. Thought, I thought three sounded reasonable. And then you said WandaVision is four. And it's like, oh, that's only one number. In I know, those. I know. It felt like, oh, like there should be more distance between them. But mm. I didn't, I, I had enough problems with WandaVision that I wouldn't give it a five. So maybe I'd give it a 4.5. I mean, if you think about it, so three is like good or average, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, is this show good slash average? Definitely because one average. is terrible. <laughs> one is terrible, unwatchable. Mm -hmm. Two is poor, needs work. Three is good slash fine, you know? Um, four is, yeah, but but I think, okay, well, if four is... Four is, is good great. slash great. Yeah. And then five would be perfect. Excellent, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, if we're going halves, you know, if we're going decimal points here, I guess uh, two and a half. Yeah. Because there were some cool cinematography moments. I think production value is, is high uh, in terms of just uh, general general cinematography and general effects and stunts, you know, money behind it, that kind of thing. Um, I think that we had some Bucky cool. Great. Yeah, we had some cool emotional stuff with Bucky. We had um, the, the emotional fun. stuff. Zemo, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, there were there were good elements. They just didn't all come together to tell us a very compelling story and make a very compelling show. Mm. Yeah, and with standards so high today, you know. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, you just you just can't turn in an average project, and especially mm-hmm. you can't do it if you're Marvel. Yep. And I can't let, um, you know, I try not to let the, my dissatisfaction with just the general going with um, replacing our heroes, just like yeah. swapping them out. Try not, try not to let that affect my score too much, I guess, because mm-hmm. it's more of a personal preference mm-hmm. than story. Yeah. Point, I yeah. I mean, I, uh, I can't help but be affected by it a, a little as well. Cause it's hard to, you know, shift, um, and see another person embody a character that you're so used to being one other person, but they could have done it better, you know, and, and the, and the challenge is on to see if they can do it. You know, again, Marvel mm-hmm. has another opportunity coming up and maybe, maybe they're going to knock it out of the park. Who knows? Or, or at least overcome our resistance enough to be like, Okay, it could be like a begrudging acceptance. Mm-hmm. Well, they act like it's a promotion to being Captain America, implying that right. Falcon, Falcon is, is lesser, lesser than. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't the promotion be that Falcon is now the leader of the Avengers? Right. Why couldn't that be the promotion? Why couldn't yeah, why, that why be does, the... Yeah, why does he have to subsume the Falcon in order to be Yeah, Captain why is it to be someone else mm-hmm. to be the leader? Yep. Uh, whatever. All right. Um, <laughs> we've talked about it. We've gone through six episodes, um, up and down, um, good and bad. Everybody out there in the, um, Twitterverse and the interwebs, let us know what your thoughts and opinions are. Um, you know, we're just two people. We just have, uh, you mm-hmm. know, Andrea's very on point opinion and my very on point opinion. I mean, <laughs> but uh, you can uh, you can be feel free to disagree and let us know. So um, find us on Twitter and Facebook. Got our web page. You can um, follow us, please, on YouTube and here on Twitch if you're watching live on Twitch. Also subscribe on your favorite podcast directory you know you don't have to do all of these things if this sounds complicated you don't have to do all pick you can pick one <laughs> you want to you want to just listen to it in podcast form that's perfectly fine just you know like share subscribe review on that thing um you know if you feel compelled then go to the next thing mm-hmm. so wherever wherever you find your content we're there and if we're not where you find your content let us know and maybe we can make that work so mm-hmm. Um, Andrea started Clannad. Maybe I'll give that a go too, and we can be talking about that soon. Um, if you want to hear more about Housewives from us, you know, we can talk about that for a long time too. Producer Alan, I know, really enjoys those conversations. <laughs> so, um, give him the treat and make us talk more about Housewives. Um, in the meantime, you should also check out our, um, the band that's responsible for our theme song, Killing the Flower. They are on Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify. So go ahead and take a look at their stuff, and we thank them for the theme song. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I played a little bit of Fortnite today with my brother-in-law, Lucas333. That's Lucas with the K on Twitch. Um, a couple days ago, we played some Paladins. Um, we, we rotate some games here and there. So um, take a look at that. And um, I think that's about it. I think you I'll, covered it. I'll be getting in the field soon, so hopefully we will be back here next week at our regularly scheduled time. But we will keep you updated um, whether that's the case or not. So Sounds yeah. good. Uh, thanks for joining me, Andrea. Of course. Have a good, good night. Good show, and cheers, everybody. <laughs>